Well, it's been a busy weekend of football here in the South East Queensland as the rain has gone away and the NPL is back after a weekend hiatus. This is Scott and with you once again as we go through all the weekend results from the NPL men's and women's as well as FQPL 1 and 2. Mate, Adam, how are you? Oh, I'm good, Scott. How are you? Yes, a bit tired, but aren't we all? Oh, it's, like I said, it's uh, we're into the swing of the season now. Everyone's um, everyone's sort of uh, hitting, hitting these, their strides and look, couldn't be better at the moment. And also as well, the uh, professional season seems to be winding down. So it's going to be all local football soon. Absolutely. Good win for the Raw and W. We'll talk about that later on, perhaps. But we'll start off focusing on the MPL men's competition, where there was almost a full round of matches played. Gold Coast United and Eastern Suburbs. That was rained out on Friday night. The field down there at Coplick still not quite ready for match checks at the moment. But we did get every other game underway. And it was. we'll start, Adam, with the game that we were at on Saturday night. Morton Bay United 2-1 over the Magpies Crusaders. And this was a really tight match there where Magpies took the lead early in the midway through the first half of Becky Pardon with Kyron Walters. And for a long time, it looked like they were just going to hang on somehow, some way. But Morton Bay went bang, bang with about 15 minutes to go and managed to get what ultimately was a pretty deserved win. Yeah, look, this is probably a character-building uh, victory for Morton Bay. I wouldn't say it was their most polished win, but um, look, uh, Magpies Crusaders, they came in with a certain plan to sort to try and stifle. They played very, very, very deep as far as defensively, and when they got in front, they really looked like that they were going to just try and sort of niggle and sort of, you know, defend their way to a victory, and it really took something, you know, you know something, you know, deep down from... Um, from Morton Bay to finally sort of, you know, get the equaliser and then four minutes later get the winner. So, um, yeah, look, after after their big loss to Olympic last week, it was a nice bounce back for them. Absolutely. Goals from Rio Ono and Zach Kiepel with three minutes apart secured the points there for Morton Bay. And you're right, it was a really, it was important for them to bounce back, wasn't it? It was a, it was a setback for them last weekend against Olympic, but they came out and it was, they were pretty, I don't think it was sluggish in the first half, but I just felt that Magpies really stifled them, didn't they? The way that they sat back and defended, it really did make it difficult for Morton Bay. And the, there, was bit of phys- there was a bit of physicality in the game, but it was almost like that suited Mackay in a way as well. Yeah, look, I think um, Coach Tom Ballantyne, I think he sort of really sort of, you know, took note um, of the way Morton Bay sort of they had the, their style that they that they play. He's obviously seen something either, you know, through streams or, you know, playing previously because... Yeah, they, they basically did step back, you know, play almost five, five at the back and sort of two, you know, screeners, um, which really sort of, you know, made it difficult for Morton Bay's style to, you know, basically counter-punch and, you know, and just play quick balls uh, to, to really sort of, you know, get much effect. Absolutely. And we'll talk about Magpies now in general, because it's the first time we've had a chance to see them play in a while, actually. It was, wasn't, was right back in the end of the 2019 season since we've had a chance to see them play in person, and you can sense they're a very different side, can't you, in the way that they set up under Tom Ballantyne. It's quite structured the way that they build up defensively and they look to try and get the, the forwards to hold the ball up to bring the midfield into play, but it seems like that they, it's a game plan that you can see, really see working for them, isn't it? Oh, yes, especially um, especially sort of, you know, maybe on a heavy field that, you know, where, where you know, a passing game uh, may not be, like a, a passing game along the ground may not always be able to be conducive or, you know, losing patience trying to sort of, you know, you're trying to you know, play, you know, play sort of through them. Um, but, yeah, look, they're very, very um, 
compact side, uh, very skillful. Some good young players. I was impressed with, um, you know, seeing Jordy Vogels for the first time in person. He, he looks like a real sort of, you know, you know, a good player. You know, of, of great pedigree. You know, being you know, coming from Belgium, and um, yeah. But overall, look, um, the results aren't there, and I think, but I think they're close. I think they're probably, you know, maybe one or two, you know, solid players away from being, you know, a settled team. And obviously, it'd be it'd be very, very difficult for them. They've got the tyranny of distance to try and overcome as well. And this is this is the second of three away games from Mackay, so the travelling backwards and forwards is obviously can't help or where they're staying down here. Down here. I'm not sure what their travel arrangements are, but uh, whatever it is, it's got to be difficult for them. So, look, I think, um, yeah, they're, they're not as bad as the results may suggest. Absolutely. We won't preempt uh, performers of the week, but I thought Geordie Vlugels was absolutely superb in a beaten side. You can just see his passing range is absolute quality, and he adds a lot to that Magpies go side, doesn't he? Now, before we talk about Morton Bay United, you know, let's hear what... Now, you caught up with Royce Brown after the game, so let's hear what the victorious coach of Morton Bay United had to say after the game, talking to, talking to yourself. I'm joined by the uh, Morton Bay United coach, Royce Brown. Royce, thanks for joining us again. Yeah, no problems at all. Uh, tough, tough win for your team tonight. Obviously, had to come back from behind. Um, did you obviously have the belief in the players that they could um, overcome that deficit? Yeah, definitely. Look, we created enough chances in the first half to win the game. You know, four or five nil straight up. You know, they got a, a soft free kick on the edge of the box and followed in well and got their, took their chance. But they didn't really create too much else in the whole game. So I wasn't too worried about them scoring. It was just about us breaking them down to get the chances to score. Did um, Magpies Crusaders having men behind the ball? Did that, did that sort of stifle your, sort of your normal game plan in trying to sort of break them down? No, look, we had to um, modify our style a little bit to, you know, make sure we get them behind them and, and keep pushing forward, you know. It was more keeping the belief of the players and not getting frustrated by the way they're playing. The game got a bit niggly at times. Um, so sort of what did you sort of say to the team sort of just to calm them down and obviously sort of get back onto the job? Oh, for us, it's about trying to be um, a professional outfit, you know. We want to be the best and... For us to be the best, we've got to keep every player on the park and keep pushing and everyone keep learning, you know. We have games where things don't go your way and, you know, and they were they were going down easy but played hard. So it was one that frustrated the boys a little bit. Uh, Zach Kipole obviously keeps scoring. Um, obviously, you obviously continue to be impressed by him. Yeah, definitely. He's, he's a great young talent. What he's really good is he's good in getting areas in the right areas, at, uh, sorry, on the 18-yard um, box. But, you know, we're working on the middle third of his game. It's um, one that once we get that right, I think he's going to be a real force to be reckoned with. Obviously, cup football coming up next week. Obviously, your return match against Olympic, who beat you here 4-1 last week. Yeah. Uh, do you change anything different or just go out and get with cup, cup football being a different beast? Yeah, definitely. It's a one-off game, you know. Um, they'll sit there and try and think that we're going to play the same way and that's not who we are, you know. We'll sit there and do our homework again and fix what we, we, we didn't have quite right last time we played and uh, we'll make, try and make a game of it. And finally, you impressed with how the Walter Park surface held up. Obviously, torrential rain last week. I, I, we walked across there before, and it was almost like it was bone dry. Yeah, look, we trained on a Thursday night, and it was um, absolutely beautiful, you know, and full credit to the club and, and the council for keeping looking after it for us. So it's, um, you know, it's something that we, we're looking to play forward on every week now. Uh, anyway, thanks, uh, Royce. Um, obviously, good luck next week. No, thanks very much. So it was Royce Brown talking to you there, Adam, and he was understandably quite pleased with the result last night. Yeah, look, um, it's sort of it's it's a it's a sort of a real work in progress as far as building the the culture of this club and like going from just sort of a mid mid table side to a team that you know are going to contend you know and be there at the business end. Look, I I don't know whether 
you know, putting my own personal bias aside, I don't know if finals football, whether, you know, they're definitely going to be there, but they're certainly going to give it a good shake. And um, look, they've got the players to do it. They've got, they've got the squad culture to do it. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of optimism at the moment at Walter Park. Absolutely. And they should be very optimistic about their chances this season. They've been off to a fantastic start, apart from the blip to Olympic. And I think the fight back as well to be able to realise that this game wasn't going according to plan for Morton Bay, but to be able to find a way to not just get the equaliser, but really push on. I think that'll give them a, the world of confidence as well in terms of the fact that they now they've come back in a, in a game. Because this is the sort of game in the past that Morton Bay would drop points mm. and would cost them a spot in the finals in, in recent years, isn't it? Yes, yeah, so I think that's that's probably the main thing. You know, I said right at the top that you know, this this is a character building win for for the squad. I think that's probably what uh, Royce Brownlee is probably most proud of is the fact is that they they were able to fight back on a night where things just seem to be for the first sort of sixty five minutes seems to just be going against them. Bit bit you know rubber the green calls from from the referee or you know. You know, hitting the hitting the uh, woodwork or you know that, that last pass just not sticking. Um, yeah, so the fact that they were able to sort of find a way, dig deep, uh, and you know they were playing, they were out without um, a couple of experienced players as well. In Lyndon Farr, uh, who was suspended, and Alexanovsky, who was on the bench. Um, so for, for their their young brigade uh, to again to find a way to not only yeah get one point but three points, that's got to be you know probably the most thing that he was proud of. Absolutely, no doubt. There's a physical edge to Morton Bay, isn't it? We've seen in the first few weeks of the season, they're certainly not afraid to to mix it up. And it's a it's the young guys as well who are adding that. Look, we, Zach Kierpal up front is a he's a big unit, isn't he? I mean, you've talked about how much of a quality striker he is, and you can absolutely see that in the way he's playing with the confidence he's got. He's in, he's in absolutely fantastic form, and you can see the potential he's got. Will Edmondson in midfield is another player who adds a real physical edge. So you've got young players who are bringing that as well. Yeah, look, yeah, well, I, I've sort of spoken a lot over the past, you know, past four rounds about those those two players, Zach Kierpal especially. You know, he just seems to just get beaten up every single week, but he still finds a way to find a goal or find that you now assist. But also another player that really sort of that young player that's really sort of impressed me and come on was Will Gulo, who came on and played, you know, 30 minutes last night. And he really sort of, you know, came in and did his job that uh, that Royce Brownlee asked of him. So, again, that, that Morton Bay production line of young players, it's really uh, producing some really good players uh, coming through. And, uh, yeah, I think depth-wise, the more exposure those young players are getting playing, you know, especially in tough, you know, you know sort of almost trench warfare matches, uh, it's, it's, only, it's only a positive for the club. They should be playing basketball if you ask me some of those guys from Morton Bay with the height <laughs> they've got. But, but anyway, we'll move on to the other results on Saturday night. Lions won all the way to Logan. The struggles continue a bit there for Lions, Adam, perhaps? Yeah, yeah. From uh, from what I hear, we were obviously at the um, at Walter Park, so we didn't sort of uh, catch much of this on the stream. But uh, yeah, from what, I'm, what I hear, Lions actually were probably a bit fortunate to um, escape with a draw in that. So... Yeah, we, we said it last week that after the draw against the Raw that um, yeah they're, they're they're struggling at the moment and for, and I think you know, for Logan on the other hand I think this is a great performance for them and I think they would probably actually uh, I think feel a little bit aggrieved not to actually pick up all three points against the champs but um, I think the only positive you can draw four lines is that um, they're not losing games they're they're drawing games which you know is is not it's not all silver lining but at least they're finding a way to at least take something away from this. Absolutely. It was a late equaliser for Logan to get that to a point game for them. And it 
was three points game for Sunshine Coast in the other game on Saturday because it was a 3-1 win away to Redlands. But they did that with 10 men as well so after the game player sent off after about the half-hour mark. So that's a really impressive result away from home. Yeah, um, Sunshine Coast, I think we've sort of said in the preview and sort of early on that uh, points like this, uh, three points away from home, I think for them is, 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 you know, is, is almost gold for them. And I think that will that will probably you know swim in good good stead you know if if and when you know they they get they get trapped in a um a relegation fight at the moment they're they're sitting they're sitting in uh sixth or seventh place at the moment so I don't think relegation will be the furthest from their mind but if if sort of you know things do get a bit desperate I think that that sort of those sort of three points really you know will help their cause along the way but they've only played a handful of games at the moment ladder positions mean you know very little. At the moment, I think they'd be more interested in pushing for the finals than relegation battles because they're <laughs> yeah. much closer to the top of the table than they are at the bottom. It's a really good result for Sunshine Coast, no doubt about that. Now, a couple of games played on Sunday. The first of those was played early this afternoon down on the Gold Coast. Gold Coast Knights 2-0 at home over Capalabar. This was a pretty standard win at home for Gold Coast, wasn't it? Yeah, they're, they're just chugging along at the moment. Um, yeah, and uh, look, I think, I think they're actually... I don't know if it's as possible, but uh, Gold Coast Knights at the moment they seem to be just flying under the radar, you know, picking up wins. Um, yeah, and look, I think they're they're going they're going pretty well. Uh, Capalabar at the moment, um, yeah, they sort of the wind maybe knocked out the sails a little bit after their after their big win over Lions uh, a couple. Well, it seemed like a couple of weeks ago. Uh, <laughs> it was a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, that. Uh, yeah, so. Um, so yeah, but uh, Gold Coast Knights, I think they're they're travelling on you know very nice at the moment without really going out there and you know and, and smashing teams off the park or at least in terms of you know of the scoreboard. No, they are chugging along quite nicely. As you put it, another team who are going along very very nicely it is the Brisbane Roar Academy. They've made it three wins out of four to start the season with a a resounding six 0 win over the Brisbane Strikers at Park de Paris tonight. And this was we watched a little bit of this on the stream while we were at at the gold line watching the W League game, but they played some outstanding football in this game, the Brisbane Roar, didn't they? A team that's not flying on the radar and certainly, they are you know, definitely sort of, not. <laughs> certainly sort of, you know, uh, turning some heads is uh, is this Brisbane Roar, um, this Brisbane Roar Academy side, um, 15 goals in four games and they are just going along very, 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 very nicely. And it's, it's the, it's, and a lot of the impact is coming from the players that, you expect to be, you know, pushing for. Now they're, they're probably they're pretty experienced enough to be, you know, senior players in the A League, but uh, they're obviously experienced players in the terms of the of the uh, MPL side. You know, Eli Adams uh, scored a couple of goals tonight. Uh, yeah, Alex Parsons also scoring more goals. I, I didn't catch all who all the goal scorers were because obviously we were tr- transiting from um, from Richlands, but. Uh, but yeah, look, they they're they're top of the ladder at the moment, and certainly the the early sort of mail that they're going to be, you know, a top side. I think it's coming to fruition. Absolutely, we'll talk about the table in just a moment. But first, let's talk about the final game of the round, a game which I did duck over to for the second half at Goodwin Park between Olympic FC and Peninsula Power, and it was a tight, tense affair at Goodwin Park. Ended up being one nil to Peninsula Power, a goal, a great goal actually from Andy Pengelly, and it was a game out of which. I think we always thought we'd only have one goal in it, but it was it was tight and it was tense. It's pretty much everything we expected it would be. 
it's it sounded like um, a typical uh, early season uh, clash of the titans. You know, for two top sides, both teams were you know were perfect until until tonight. Um, and it, these sort of games, it's always going to be just one moment that is going to change the game. And it looks like that Andy Pangeli was the one to to cash in and uh, and take that opportunity. Um, I don't think I don't think I you know Olympic would be you know pretty disappointed that you now they didn't get away three points. But look, these are the games early in the season where you know what favorites favorites are crowned, but titles aren't. Are certainly not won in the first four weeks of the season. I think they'll bounce back. Um, and it's good confidence of potential power uh, as well as also being one of the other teams who are heavily favored to do, do well in uh, in the league. Absolutely, it was, a go- it was a game decided by a single moment. A great bit of play to set up Andy Pengel. It was an unbelievable ball to pick him out and a superb finish from Andy Pengel. But before we talk more about this game, let's hear what the assistant coach of Principal Ben Ryan had to say after the game tonight. I was joined by the assistant coach of Principal Ben Ryan. Ben, given the circumstances where you're playing, who you're playing, who's unavailable, how proud are you of your side out there with that performance? Yeah, look, we've we have, we've worked really hard. Um, we got two or three lads out, so we've we've had to obviously change how we we normally would play, um, and the lads have stuck to their tasks. We, we knew we were going to have a lot of time without the ball, and uh, that's what we've worked on through the week. And um, you know, it's it's come up trumps, I think. So you mentioned you worked on it during the week, keeping a clean sheet. Everything just came up to plan, didn't it? Yeah, um, I mean, if you if you could have probably wrote the script, we, we'd have probably it'd have gone like it did. You know, try and frustrate them, uh, keep them out, and then. Then nick one against the run of play yep. and then just defend it's it's kind of how it worked out so yeah we're happy with it it's a look i know it's not pretty yep. and you know there'll be people who say that it wasn't football but um you know win more than one way and that's what we proved tonight absolutely three points is three points i mean given the context of where the season stuff you've got yourselves in olympic how important do these three points could be when you look ahead potentially to the other end of the season honestly a bit of a cliche but it, it, it's nice because obviously we know that they're probably the team to beat this year and if we finish above them we probably win it but um it, it only matters i suppose you know in, in about yep. four or five months time like they, they've come to all place and won two years in a row we've now done it three times here so it's you know two teams like that anything can happen all these crazy fixtures and i guess at the other end of the field the quality from Andy Pengeli to Sean it's what you were looking for from players in your front third him in particular yeah, look, you always know you got a chance when you got like Cronin, McLean, Pengelly as your as your three. But they had to do an ugly side of the game tonight, um, which you know they're not accustomed to. And fair play, then they, they kind of left their ego at the door and just got on with it. Like so, yeah, we're, we're happy with them. Absolutely. And you've got New Farm in the cup, I believe, this week ahead of the local derby against Morton yeah. Bay. What are you? Is the focus still primarily on the league with the cup as a bonus, or is or is getting onto the national stage and the FFA Cup a real priority for the power this year? Uh, I think my priority is always the league. It's your bread and butter. But it'd be silly if you said that you weren't going to give the FFA Cup cover. I got a go. I think you know everyone will probably say the same thing. So we'll see how we go. Um, it's obviously it's a game against a side few divisions below us. But you know we'll, yep. we'll give them a bit of respect and take a strong thing there. So have you played New Farm at all before? Or it's a yeah, we, new experience. No, nah, the, the the year we we got to the round round of. 32 and played Melbourne City. We played New Farm first up then, so it might be an Um But yeah, we we know what to expect. Hopefully, this congratulations on the win tonight and good luck going forward. Cool, thank you. So, I was understandably delighted, Assistant Coach Principal Ben Ryan there and Adam. They clearly, as you heard there from Ben, went out with a very clear plan to sit back defensively and make it difficult for Peninsula Power for um, Olympic. I beg your pardon and. 
the plan worked an absolute treat. Yeah, this is, this is a game that I know we've spoken to Ben Ryan sort of, you know, sort of off off the record about it. And this is a game that, you know, they were, they were, they circled very, very on the calendar as far as, you know, to find out where this side actually is, is at the moment. Um, obviously, they had a few few games against sides that they were expected to beat. This is a game that, you know, definitely that, you know, was going to see where the benchmark lies. And, I, I, and I'd say that, you know, Sound by sounds that Ben Ryan very very happy that you know that his side has um has met the benchmark. Absolutely, and given the players that had on available, are playing a regular winger Josh Woolley at left back, and defensively watching him in the last in the last forty five minutes of that game, it was really really disciplined performance. The fact that they did sit deep, they they did exactly what they were told to do. It seemed like, and for for a back four which would never have played together before, the positional. Awareness of it was absolutely superb. Now, it's not the sort of football that purists would necessarily enjoy having players behind the ball and looking to hit direct in transition, but it's a legitimate tactic, Adam, against teams who like to keep the ball. We know Olympic, they love to keep the ball and try to build up the play. It's a legitimate tactic, and on this occasion, it worked a treat. Yeah, look, two incredibly experienced um, centre-backs in... um... In uh, Michael McGowan and Luke Plummer, so that that that's obviously a one really massive positive for this power side in you know in 2021. They have that sort of experience there that you know that that two two uh, centre backs that you definitely know that will go you know, get down and do in the trenches and really you know you know stifled you know, attacks and 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 yeah and, uh, and it seems all more remarkable that they had you know you know sort of. Jimmy Fairgrieve on one side, who doesn't sort of probably play as much as he'd like to as one fullback, and Josh Woolley, is, uh, who's more known further down the pitch as your other fullback. Yeah, look, this is um, an exceptional performance from from uh, Peninsula Power. Absolutely. And from Olympic's point of view, it's a, it's something that they've had to combat previously, of teams sitting back and trying to make life very, very difficult for them. It's, it's something that has caused them some trouble in the past. We were there for round one watching them against... Gold Coast, you know, they tried something similar. They found a way through on that occasion. It's just something that, that Olympic are going to have to find a way to deal with on a consistent basis, isn't it? Because teams have clearly decided that when they go to Goodwin Park, they're going to sit back and make life very difficult for their opponents. Yeah, look, I think I think a lot of, at the moment, uh, a lot of that creativity may be sort of, you know, sitting you know, on the bench, not 100% fit in Jez Lofthouse. He's always been the X-factor player in... Um, in, in that side and you know I think him not being able to play out a full 90 and you know be able to have the full free range of movement uh, because of injury I think that's really solid attack but the other thing as well is it's very very reminiscent of 12 months ago uh, where where you know early on you know Olympic just seemed to have only one avenue to goal and yeah it really didn't, didn't sort of um, it just sort of really sort of underwhelmed them at, you know, until, until they were able to sort of to sign a player like Atasca Sakir, which, look, I don't know if there is a player like that where Olympic can turn, so they're going to have to find that from within this this season or really go out there and scout the market. Uh, but, yeah, look, Olympic, they are starting to see... I think teams might be starting to work them out. But with that said, I, I'm almost sure that Ben Kahn will find a way to, you know, to be able to carry that. I just, it's just a matter of, you know, of just, you know, putting it together and, you know, and time, I think is going to be a, a main part of that. Absolutely. Well, they won't be saying Tatsukiski this year. He's unfortunately gone back to Japan. And yeah. I can tell you, Des Lofthouse was, was quite sharp when he came off the bench. So perhaps he might not be too far away 
from regaining a starting spot in that side. Now, the table, Adam, Brisbane Roar, as you mentioned, they are top of the league on 10 points. One point clear of Peninsula Power, who do have a game in hand after their match against Gold Coast United was was postponed after the weather. Postponed. Light was lightning. Abandoned due to the weather, I beg your pardon. So it yep. was that'll be replayed at some point. So they're sitting in second. Gold Coast Knights, Olympic and Moreton Bay are all also on nine points. They've played the full four games. And then you've got Sunshine Coast in sixth and Lions down in seventh. So the table is starting to take shape with the teams that we thought would be up there at the top. And the Roar are in a really nice spot at the moment. Yeah, Lions in seventh. That doesn't seem to be almost... Uh... <laughs> it doesn't yeah. seem to be right. But uh the, the table is getting to what we kind of thought it would be. They would probably be the outlier to that. Absolutely. But uh yeah, look, um play time. Play time for them to find a way. Absolutely. We'll move on now to the NPL women's and there were a, it was a one game rain. There were a couple of games that haven't been played <laughs> yet. Olympic and Morton Bay we played tomorrow night. Western Pride South, Gold Coast United and Capalaba will will have to be caught up at a later date. But the games that have been played so far, QAS 3-1 over Logan Lightning, Lions 4-1 over East, Wander, Sunset Coast 3-0 over Virginia, The Gap 4-1 over Peninsula Power, Brisbane City 2-1 over Mitchelton Adam. And we'll start at the top of that list where the QAS have continued a fantastic start to the season. Yeah, that's uh, that's fine. That's fine. Uh... Yeah, I was going to say, that's five out of six points that Logan Lightning, who are seen as one of the top sides in the league, have dropped to QAS over the last um, over the last two meetings. Um, yeah, that, 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 that result's a shocker, that one. I just, yeah. I'm, I'm Seven points not taking... out of nine to start the year as well. They're off to a fantastic Yeah, and, not, and that's not taking away anything from QAS. You know, we always know, we always know sort of, you know, expect the unexpected with them because obviously it is the best of, you know, the, the young, young sort of, you know, talent coming through. But yeah, even for QAS, this is a surprise they're, that they're matching up very, very well against a top-line side like Logan. Um, yeah, and look, and that's... Uh, Congratulations to them, and uh, that's also as well with their assistant coach. You know, no, no longer going to be with them because uh, she has a commitment in uh, Sweden. Yes, Claire Pockinger will not be the assistant coach there after all. Well, at least not physically. She may, no. she may zoom in or something like that. But, um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah. But that that's no, look, congratulations, congratulations to QAS at the moment. They're they're obviously flying at the moment, and uh, this is a sort of league league you know, where they're not going to you know find. They, they get, they're going to get some favourable matchups against some, you know, some teams that, you know, probably technically will not be as sound as them. So, I, look, they may be a smoky to um, get into the uh, MPL, you know, once once the split happens after round seventeen. Well, like the current they do sit second on the table behind only Lions SC, who are perfect three game, three games, three three wins, and ten goals for. So they're they're going really well at Lions, but at the other end of the table, it's a bit hard to at the other end of the table. But Capalaba. They haven't played yet, Adam, and this is... We know the quality of Capalba. I certainly think they're a team who can challenge for the Premiership in the NPL Women's this year, but they now sit, as I said, nine points behind Lions FC, and yes, they've got those three games in hand, but you'd always rather the points than the games in hand. This is, Yeah, this is a weird one. I think the the best sort of, I guess, a comparison is um, what Perth Glory had to go through in the W League and the A League uh, this season so far, where it's just a circumstance. This is probably a little bit more, you know, sustained as far as the weather has just been yes. absolutely, you know, cruel to them. Um, and look, this is a side that... Uh, Oh, you just assume that, you know, once they get all, all being even, that they'd start playing, you know... That, 
play these catch-up games, that they'll probably be there. But um, look, psychologically, it could backfire sometimes because if you're trying to play multiple weeks where you're playing uh, three games in seven days, uh, especially if you've got a top, a couple of top sides in there, and uh, like I said, they've they've got uh, Gold Coast United and the gap amongst that those that group of Brisbane City is the other game they have to catch. Yeah, up. look. Um, to get them sort of even all, all in a row, or if they throw in some, you know, one of the other top teams in their in in their normal fixturing, um, all of a sudden that nine points, even though they have they have those games in hand, they can very very easily get away, especially if they're having to rotate players or they have to um, they have to rest players. Like so, this is not the you know, in some cases uh, it's not the youngest sort of you know side as well, especially the couple of their key players. So look, it's um. It's it's a very very interesting um, thing, but I think that they'll be right. Like they, I've got no I've got no question. They've, they've got enough players, you know, decent players to you know get into the MPL um, split in the top in the top half. But um, yeah, I just think there might be a few shock results, you know, potentially. It's it's not easy when you've got when you've got to look up at look up at the table from where you are. But they've got the quality to win those games, and if they do win those games, they'll be right. In the yeah, hunt. no I, I point looking too close at the table at this point either, given there's been a lot of rainouts in the NBL women's to this point. Yeah, Archie Cajonda is going to really have to, um, yeah, he's going to have to really find a way so to keep the keep the, keep the ladies motivated um, in that because yeah, this is very unusual and and in a way I still feel sorry for them that they that you want to at least get one game and then you know if you lose the next few, but to to watch you know some teams play already three game be three games in advance. Um, it can it can be fairly tricky, especially you know on the mental side of things. I think physically they're fine, yeah. and technically they're they're fine. But uh, yeah, especially if the draw does seem to sort of you know throw up a few you know interesting games in amongst in their normal run of things. Yeah, that that could get interesting. Well, hopefully they found a game to play at some point over the last couple of weeks, a friendly or something, just to to keep them ticking over. Because otherwise, it could be a bit difficult for them. But we'll move on, Adam, to FQPL one where. There were some big wins for Ipswich Knights, 4-1 over South United, 7-0 for Rochdale over Wynnum Wolves, Holland Park. They've been quite a surprise this year and a pleasant one at that, 2-1 winners over Mitchelton. In the game which we did watch earlier this afternoon, up on the range in Toowoomba, Brisbane City won, South West Queensland Thunder nil. It was a really good game between two sides there and it's very early in the season, but you have to think that's a marker put down by Brisbane City. Yeah, look... Um... Everything I said about Peninsula Power and Olympic as far as the game and the way, copy and paste that to this game. And this, this is the, clearly the, throw the two of the better, the better uh, teams in um, FQPL1. And again, early season game against two sides that are highly credentialed. And it was one it was one chance taken by Yuta Hiriyama. And what was a, you know, a really you know, desperate goal goal mouth scramble to um to, to get what would end up being the winning goal. So again, I don't think you know Thunder will be too badly hurt by this. Um but but with that said as well, um a real marker layer for Brisbane City, I think they will emerge as the ones you know, at the moment of the catch. But on the other hand, uh Rochdale, they're uh, they're absolutely flying there and they're beating up some teams. Um yeah Wynnum Wolves 7-0 seven, seven and a lot of those goals came in a very very quick flurry so um, they might be the ones as well that you know sort of immediately stepped up and said hey don't forget us well it's certainly been a bit of a different start to FQPL1 this year Adam you mentioned Wynnum Wolves had the 7-0 loss to Rochdale they find themselves in the bottom two with Mitchelton at the moment and those two sides were in the finals last year so it's quite a surprise to see them starting off a bit slowly on the other hand we've seen teams like Holland Park and Southside Eagles who 
who struggled at the back end of last season. They've started off really well. So it perhaps hints that FQPL won this year, maybe a tighter contest than years past. Yeah, look, uh, Southside Eagles and Holland Park as well. I think maybe the threat of, you know, there, there, are, there is no safety net this year. You you you, fi- you fail, you lose games, you're going to get relegated. Um, that threat that threat may be starting to sort of hold true because, like I said, they're good starts for both of them. Um, obviously, you know, with Southside Eagles, uh, new coach, you know, familiar players there, and obviously they're doing a job at the moment. Whether they can sustain it for, you know, for a 22-match regular season, that that's always going to be the, the question. But uh, at the moment, so far, so good in the first uh, so first couple of weeks of the season. Absolutely. Looking at FQPL 2 at the moment as well. Big win for Turinga Rovers over Virginia at home on Friday night. Caboolture 2-0 over Grange Thistle. Samford 3-2 over Coomerona. And in a bit of a goal fest this afternoon down on the Gold Coast, Magic United 4, North Star 5, Adam. This was quite a chaotic game. Yeah, we. Um, this is a result that we only saw late. Obviously, as a... Um, Finished uh, late tonight. It was a six six pm kickoff at uh, Croatian Sports Centre. So that that game followed the um, Gold Coast Knights Palabar MPL game at that venue. And yeah, uh, Magic Magic United were down four one and down a man at half time. They've come back to level at four all with fifteen to go before um, before North Star through Luke Hanna uh, was the score scored the winner in the eighty second minute. But that's a uh, a wild game, and like I said, it might be um, FQPL two. It sounds like there might be, it might be attack over defence as far as the way that league uh, performed. But you know what? That's not entirely a bad thing. No, we've seen a couple of rounds now of the FQPL two in action, and there's plenty of goals on display, and that'll always be entertainment. That's for sure. Now we won't go through the table in that competition. It's far too soon. In fact, there's a couple of teams who've only played one game after most of the games last week did get washed out. So. Focus now, Adam, actually turns towards the FFA Cup over the next week where we go into round four of FFA Cup qualifying and it'll be very interesting to see how some of those ties play out. There's a couple of very intriguing ones, to say the least. Yeah, the, the one tie that I know you and I have spoken about off-air that you know really, really intrigues me is Mitchelton and uh, Surface Paradise um, on Thursday night. That is going to be a very interesting game because uh, Surface Paradise have got some very, very good players playing in that side. Um, and look, they they have made it to the national rounds before. And look, I, I rate this side that they've got at the moment, at least on paper, um, I rate this side better than, than that side. And not just not just slightly, but like clearly, just um, when you go play like uh, Fraser Hills, who is the reigning, um, who is the reigning uh, Mike Cockrell medalist, Playing for Surface Paradise, look, this is uh, against Mitchelton, who are you know one of the bad teams in FQPL one. Look, that that one, that one, you now these sort of you know, interzonal uh, ties. They're the ones that you know at this stage of competition will be very very interesting to see who sort of is where. Um, obviously as well, um, you know Brisbane City and, and Redlands as well. That's another game that you know obviously two clubs that do know each other, but obviously separated this year because. Redlands, who, you know, probably for, you know, nine-tenths of last season probably would have been the ones you would tip to be in FQPL, taking on Brisbane City, who are in FQPL. So, so yeah, there's uh, some, some really interesting time. And then again, you've got, you know, Morton Bay looking for revenge against Olympic and probably the, the biggest um, sort of all-MPL tie. That that one, you know, again, will will the league result be different to um, to the uh, to a cup tie? Absolutely, and you are right. The intrigue in these is always around the um, the regional teams or these the um, 
lot of the local local teams do like going up against the MPL sides, and there's a couple of very interesting opportunities here for potentially a bit of a cup set, if you like, Adam, because Brisbane Strikers make the trip mm. out to out to Ripley Valley, and after coming off a six nil defeat tonight, that could be a very interesting opportunity for Ripley Valley if they turn up on the night to potentially do something. And also, don't rule out Logan Metro at home to Lions. They're not travelling the best at the moment either. So, some very intriguing matchups to keep an eye on over the course of the week. Now, we always finish this show with our performer of the weekend. This week, I'm going first because you took mine last week. So, <laughs> I am, I'm I'm getting in first here and I'm saying Jordy Vlugels. He was absolutely superb to watch. First time I've had a chance to see him play in person in the NPL Queensland. He was absolutely superb on Saturday night, as we mentioned, we were there on at Walter Park, and his performance, Adam, was absolutely unbelievable. And the way he just controlled the play, it was a joy to watch. He He's, like I said, first time I've seen him um, in action live, and he is very, very impressive. Uh, I, I can't say enough. And you could tell he has played at, you know, maybe not the highest levels in... Um, in uh, Belgium, in his native land, but you know, obviously a very, very good player, and it makes you wonder, you know, how or what is keeping him, you know, in Mackay because you know he seems to be a standout player. But look, all four uh, magpies could say he's a side that he's a player that you can probably you know, almost build a side around. Yep, they absolutely have built a side around. Now, who is your performer of the week? You can use the same one if you like. Uh, no, there's look, no I'm rule a... saying you can't pick the same player. No, actually, I'm going. I'm going. You know, very, very left field uh, here, and I'm going to say uh, Tiringa Rovers strikers strikes Sean Karambasis, who uh, who scored a five minute hat trick on a Friday night against Virginia United, and four goals in nine minutes. And look, I don't. I don't it doesn't matter what level you're at. If you can somehow latch on to four goals in nine minutes, you're getting my performer of the week. Fair enough, too. All right, we'll wrap it up there, Adam. It's getting... We've been talking for a while. We might as well um, wrap this up now. So it's been another another great weekend of football in the NPL Queensland. There's a, a weekend off over Easter in the league action, but there's still plenty of, of cup football and potentially the professional team, the Roar, at home as well. So get out and watch plenty of football over the course of the next week, and we'll talk to you all again next weekend. <laughs>